This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 20th of October 2021 and this is the 400th episode of Coronacast. 400th episode and I feel about 400 years older than I did when the novel coronavirus was just a twinkle in some horseshoe bat's eye. Mm, That's right. And we've had quite a few of us sending in a message. One is typified by Ashley. What does Ashley tell us? Ashley says, congratulations, Tegan and Norman, on 400 episodes. I mean it in the nicest possible way when I say there won't be 400 more. You and me both, Ashley. (laughs) We love making the show and we love... We love making the show, we love our audience, but we would love it even more if there wasn't a pandemic to deal with. And so, Norman, let's talk today about one of, well, it's one of your favourite topics at the moment, vaccines and how many doses we need to have the protection that we need. And one of the things about the fact that COVID, or COVID and the coronavirus is new and that the vaccines are new is that we don't know yet what kinds of vaccines they are in terms of the doses that we're going to need. Some vaccines we already know that we have gotten in the past. You get, you know, one and done. Sometimes you need boosters at regular intervals like with tetanus and flu and some vaccines need three doses to give you the protection that you need like the cervical cancer vaccine and say hepatitis b and so it's looking a bit like or the experts that you've been talking to are saying it's looking a bit like covid needs a three dose regime yeah at least some of the current vaccines even johnson and johnson the one that we never got here which was a single dose it turns out to be on a single dose really not give you very good coverage at all So, yeah, I think we can safely assume that these are three-dose vaccines and that's what people around the world, countries around the world are planning for. And it's critical in Australia because the reopening that we're looking forward to in the next couple of months is kind of happening at around the time that it looks like immunity might start to wane for the people who were prioritised because they're among the most vulnerable in Australia. So they got their vaccines some months ago, and it looks like they, they might be having that waning immunity at around the time when we're going to maybe be letting more COVID in. Well, the immunity starts waning pretty soon after your second dose and uh, continues to decline. And the protection that you're really concerned about is what these vaccines are really designed to do, which is prevent hospitalisation and severe disease. And that just keeps on going down, albeit at a slower rate for Pfizer than AstraZeneca. But we can talk about that when we start answering some of your questions. Well, there's heaps of questions and they sort of cluster around similar themes. Basically, people want to know how to protect themselves, which is completely understandable. Kate's asking, when you talk about waning immunity with the vaccine, do you take it from the time of the first dose or the second dose, given that especially AstraZeneca had quite a big gap between uh, doses, three months for many people? Yeah, one of the weaknesses in the studies, particularly from Public Health England, is that they've been vague about the second dose. And I think from memory, they took us as an average of around about nine weeks after the uh, after the first dose, although you're absolutely right, um, many people got it 12 weeks, and some people in Australia are still getting it 12 weeks after the first dose because they don't have an outbreak in their state. So you can assume that you probably start from a slightly higher level of protection at 12 weeks than you do at eight or four weeks. But th- this is based on such poor data from the t- clinical trials. When I say poor data, such little data, it's hard to be absolutely sure. But you take it from the date of the second dose. And then Sue's building on that question asking, is your immunity likely to last longer if you have the full 12-week interval between your first and second dose of Astra? It's probably more that you start from a higher place. So at 12 weeks, the immunity that you get is at a higher level than if you start than if you'd had your Astra, say, at four 
or eight weeks. And it may well be that with Pfizer, the slightly longer gap gives you a higher level of immunity, although that's not absolutely clear either. So it's more your starting point. I think the decline happens at a similar rate from the data I've seen anyway. We should probably be clear about what we're trying to prompt with this discussion, Norman, because I'm seeing people writing in asking whether they should be going out to a pharmacy and getting a Moderna vaccine or talking to their doctor about it. It's really more for policy discussions at this stage, right? Yeah, it's the, the process is a target needs to approve it and give guidance, scientific guidance to the government. Then the government implements it in a policy sense. And we seem to be a bit slow in getting the Otagi response on the, we've had an Otagi response on immunocompromised people, which is appropriate. And we've had the death of Colin Powell the other day, who had multiple myeloma and was immunocompromised and actually hadn't got his third dose vaccine, sadly. He died of COVID um, in addition to those conditions that you said. Yeah, Claire and Ben are basically both asking what interval between your second dose and this third dose. Most places around the world are talking about five or six months. It's not that the immunity starts to drop at five or six months. It's at five or six months you're starting to see a sufficiently significant drop-off that you're, you're losing some protection against hospitalizations. And that's the concern. And it's particularly a concern in people aged 80 and over. On the current data, largely from Public Health England, if you take the current data, there's not much difference between Astra and Pfizer just have to have your second dose. But Astra drops to below 80% on average at about 20 weeks after your second dose. Pfizer drops from maybe the high 90s to, to about 90%. So still pretty good protection. That drops more if you're over 65. So for, let's say you've had your Pfizer, you've had Pfizer and you've had in your age 65 or over at, at about five months, that's dropped down to um, probably a bit below 90%. But Astra's dropped to below 80%. And if you are aged 80 and over and you've had Pfizer, you're, you're down at about 70% protection against hospitalization. So when I say 70% protection, your risk of hospitalization is reduced by 70% as opposed to nearly 100% just after you've had your second dose. Reduced to 70% of what it was. That's the kind of figures. That's why most people say get topped up at, uh, at six months. And when you look at the real world data, particularly from Israel, they are seeing a kick up at four, five and six months, particularly in the elderly, turning up in hospital and getting quite unwell. And you're already in New South Wales seeing outbreaks in residential aged care. So this is a vulnerable population and we're, we've not got the advice yet. And we keep using this term third doses. Do we know whether we're going to continue to need boosters every four or five months or six months or whatever it is from now on? Or is it just that this is sealing the deal for that immunity that was started with the first two doses? Well, on Monday's health report, um, which you can get from anywhere you get your podcast, we asked Professor Raina McIntyre that question. And Raina's an expert in vaccines as well as infectious disease. And she was saying, basically, we don't know. The chief health officer a few weeks ago said, well, he was hoping that it was for life. It, it is for life with some vaccines or for certainly for many, many years. In some vaccines, when you get three doses, coronavirus is a very different virus. We simply don't know yet. And the one thing I will add is, though, that a new variant is, that probably, is probably more likely to require a top-up dose of a new variant vaccine than the vaccine wearing out, almost certainly. But we don't know for sure yet. Well, yeah, we were talking about other diseases before that we get vaccinated for. We get tetanus boosters to basically remind our immune system what tetanus looks like, but we get influenza 
shots differently every year or two because the virus changes enough that your body needs to see the new version of it to be able to fight it off. That's right. And remember, the, um, the tetanus vaccine is to a chemical, is to the toxoid, um, the, the, uh, the toxin that the tetanus produces rather than necessarily the organism itself. So different vaccines have different targets. And then a question from Sky saying, when you talk about boosters, is it different? If, is what you get in the needle different to the first or second dose? Or do you just get boosted with exactly what you had before? Well, it's just been a study of that. So it's the same dose of the vaccines are on the menu for the third dose. And there's been a study from the United States, a smallish study, looking at same doses versus uh, different doses. You know, sweeping generalization here, the mixing was much better than getting the same dose, except for Moderna. If you'd had two doses of Moderna and you had Moderna on top, that would give you a very good antibody response. But with uh, Pfizer and Astra, mixing the dose um, after your first dose was got you your best result. And it really coalesced around mRNAs as your third dose. When we're talking about a wealthy, healthy country like Australia in broad terms, we can't really be talking about this sort of stuff without calling out the fact that there's a lot of nations around the world that haven't been able to give first doses to a lot of their people. Like, is it greedy for Australia to be giving, talking about giving out third doses when we've actually already got it so good? Should we not be prioritising those vaccines for people in our Pacific neighbours or in Africa or other places where they probably need it more? This is a nuanced conversation because let's do a thought experiment, which is that they weren't in a pandemic and they had time to sort out the correct dosage of these vaccines for the best immune response. And if they'd had that, then almost certainly all three vaccines would have been three-dose vaccines, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and, and Pfizer. And if you knew that, then you would supply each country with enough vaccine to do three doses. So it means that low-income countries need to be supplied with enough vaccine for three doses, not two. The reason we say two is that we started the pandemic thinking two would be enough. And two doses are pretty good for hospitalization prevention, although that does wear off. So I think what this does is readjust our thinking on this, is that we've actually got to provide even more vaccine to low-income countries. And you can't really deny people, particularly who are aged 80 and over, and healthcare workers, their third dose to give them maximum protection. You could argue maybe as you go down the scale to younger and younger people, you might hold off. But the reality is if you need three doses, you need three doses. And um, as we open up, you're going to see surges and some younger people will end up in hospital and in ICU. But um, it is a bit perplexing that we're not producing AstraZeneca in Australia after we've completed the 50 million contract because we've got the capacity to be actually giving quite large numbers of doses to our near neighbours. If there's one thing this pandemic's done, it's really thrown how complex this world is into sharp relief. And it's not always, it's in a bad way, mostly. Health inequality is just so real. Pandemics exaggerate the fracture lines between the haves and the have-nots in any society, and they've done it for many hundreds of years. It happened with the Black Death, and it's happened with other pandemics as well. Well, maybe it's an impetus for us to do a bit better, but that's all we've got time for on this 400th episode of CoronaCast. Thank you all so much to those of you who have listened to one, to many. Some of you have listened to all 400. You big old weirdos, we love you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.